It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode number 469 of Locked on Raptors for Monday, February 25th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked on Raptors. You can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And, of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked on Podcast Network with team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. We've got Locked on Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd. We've got Locked on NBA Daily with a bunch of different hosts from across the network chipping in there. We've got... David Locke on Thursdays. We've got weekly contributions from former NBA player Trevor Booker, as well as Ben Golliver of the Washington Post and Sam Amick of The Athletic. whole bunch of stuff for you to check out on the Locked On Podcast Network. And make sure when you do it, you're listening on your voice-activated devices, whether it's your smart speaker in your home or in your car. Get in your car and just say, hey, smart speaker, play podcast Locked On Raptors or play podcast Locked On Celtics if you want to get teed up for Tuesday night's game. And you will get that podcast playing through your car without ever having to touch a button. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network on your smart speakers. And if you find a show in the network that you want to support, please make sure you do it on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, all the places you get your podcasts. It's super duper helpful for you to do that. Helps us become more visible and more discoverable and all those good podcasty buzzwords that we love to say, even though we don't actually know how iTunes works. Anyway, that's going to do it for the beginning of the podcast. All right, on today's show... I am joined by one of our favorites, Katie Heindel, to talk about the triumphant return we saw in Toronto over the weekend, Terrence Ross and his 26-point effort to sink the Raptors on Sunday in Orlando's win. Also, some other guy played in Toronto on Friday. Katie, how you doing? I'm doing good. Good hijack. <laughs> Thank you very much. I mean, it's to be expected on this podcast, but um, although I'm a little out of my element because there's not my Terrence Ross picture framed picture in this hotel room i should have traveled with it like a blanket yeah you should have brought it with you and then not checked it (laughs) and then brought it through security (laughs) excuse me what's this uh don't ask me don't ask any questions it's my blanket (laughs) 
Uh, no, we're actually here to talk about the Raptors Spurs game on Friday, in which DeMar DeRozan made his emotional return to Toronto, along with a host of other Raptors, including Marco Bellinelli, who torched the Raptors, and Jakob Pertl, who had a nice little game, and Rudy Gay, who was fine. Uh, Katie, you were at this game, correct? I was. Thoughts? I was there. Was the, <laughs> I guess the number one question for me, like the feelings in the building, were you happy with the response of the crowd to DeMar? Was there enough standing ovations? Were there not enough? Like, what, what was your reaction to the whole treatment of DeMar in-house on Friday night? Pretty happy. There was a lot of ovations. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, for me, at first, I felt very stressed out. I don't know why I was stressed out sitting there like waiting for the game to start I feel like I was waiting for this moment when he would just like come out alone well lit and like the drop into the montage but obviously that didn't happen because he's just shooting around Mm -hmm. and he's like already out there and people are cheering and like kind of you know giving him an ovation every time he really does something so I think the mood really felt like everyone was just waiting, like they were waiting for the opportunity to really, like, go crazy for him. Uh, and it, it came like they all have at the first time out. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that it's like, I know that it's like the time allotted to a time out. You can't, like, make it longer. Mm-hmm. But the montage felt way too short. Yeah, I think it clocked in at like a minute 38. If I if I recall, yeah, yeah, uh, like a minute and a half. Yeah, it was. I don't know. I mean, it's one of those catch twenty twos, right? You're like, was it too short and okay, or did I just like build it up way too much, <laughs> like we all did in our heads, you know, of like what we were expecting and what we wanted to happen and like how we wanted it to play out and like. I think I was in the same thing because mm-hmm. for like a good portion of it, he was just sitting on the bench, mm-hmm. like treating it like a regular timeout, like he wasn't really looking up. At the Jumbotron, he wasn't really paying attention to what was going on, which was everybody on their feet, like, screaming, cheering. Like, it was super loud. And then it he finally had to get up and kind of acknowledge it, and then it got louder. Mm-hmm. And then I think it stayed like that for, like, well into the like well into the next play. Like, the whistle went, and people were, like, not sitting down. Yeah, I was watching in a bar, and I didn't have the sound on because I got laughed at when I said, hey, uh, to the bartender in Red Deer, Alberta, can you put the sound on for the Raptors game? And he was like, ha, 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 well, uh, no, no, sir. Um, but it was, so I was watching, was, <laughs> I don't know. Was anyone else in the bar? Yeah, there was a Flames game, like, coming up in, like, half an hour, so Uh-oh. people wanted to watch the Flames. It was dumb, but... I uh so but I tried and he said if it was the finals maybe but that was it. So I was sitting there watching it and it was on mute and I was still like looking at the montage. So you maybe didn't see this on the broadcast and like he was looking at the screen the entire time. Um when he was, I was on the li- bench. Okay, then I need glasses cuz I was like where is he <laughs> looking on the bench and I was like he's just on the bench like he's not watching. No, no, he, he was, was watching. he was watching it sort of he had kind of the same uh, he had like his elbow on his ha- on his leg and like his hand on his chin, the same way I kind of did, looking up longly at the TV with my hand on the bar or my elbow on the bar <laughs> and my my hand on my chin, um, and my eyes welling up. <laughs> and uh, then he came out, and yeah, I think from what it looked like, it looked like it was pretty resounding. Um, yeah, maybe 
they could have like what was what if, like you couldn't really do it another time it sucks that like the road intros for games are so like understated and i know they tried to sort of make it a bigger deal when they introduced Damar, but like i almost sometimes when i'm in the building kind of forget they're they don't even doesn't even register that they're announcing the, the visiting starters until they go in and they do like the whole crazy like cut the lights and all the flames and then they do the raptor starters I, like that i think more than anything was what disappointed me about the whole thing is like Damar's starting intro just compared to all of the starting intros he's had in that building in his career just felt so understated i don't know how you would have gone around gone about like making it bigger but like did you register that it was happening as it was happening like were people even in their seats when it happened yeah, like, everyone, like, he got, what I saw is he got, when they, they first came out and, like, started to shoot around before the game, and then, like, the, the, the clock's, like, counting down from 20 minutes, mm-hmm. he got an ovation. Mm-hmm. He got an ovation when they did the, like, pretty lame announcement, mm-hmm. uh, and then the big the big one when, kind of when they started the game, because honestly, like, we didn't, like... When they started the game, he like everyone was just hugging everyone, which is why, and we can talk about it later. I found it extremely weird when it became like a chippy game, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like everyone was hugging. It was just like the vibe was high, and then it's like anytime he like touched the ball, just passing, catching, very simple things. Everyone was screaming and losing it. So I felt like everyone was really building to the the montage. I mean, like I don't know. That's a good point. I maybe like. Herbie, who's like done his intros for so long, mm-hmm. it would have been nice if he did something. But I don't know if that's like a protocol thing. Yeah. Again, it's like maybe bend the rules for this guy. Yeah, like if you introed him last for the Spurs and maybe sort of made a bigger deal out of it. Um, yeah. Instead of just being like, oh, from USC, a guard, DeMar DeRozan. And I know it was a little bit more pronounced than that, but still, it wasn't that much. Like it, it could have been no. more of an event, I think. But yeah, the protocols. It would have been very much a bucking of trends when it comes to road team intros. Uh, did you get a sense that like it was a pro Spurs crowd more than it was like Raptors just because of Demar's existence? Like, was it more of a like, let's go to the to the to the flashpoint play? I suppose because holy god, the most emotionally conflicting thing I think I've ever seen on a basketball court is Demar coming up and getting swarmed by Kawhi and Kyle and having it stolen and Kawhi going to dunk. Um, like, were people upset that DeMar kind of had faltered there? Or was it like, yeah, the Raptors are winning this game now. Hell yeah, go Kawhi. No, I think, yeah. yeah. I think, like, the bloodless mentality had taken <laughs> over by then. Also because of the way the game was, like, it yeah. was not a good game at first. It was, no. like, also pretty dull. And then as it, like, moved past the half and, like, into the third and fourth, it became, like, oh, shit, like, there's a lot on the line. Like, how are they going to pull this off? So mm-hmm. it got super close. So I think people forgot... I mean, I'll be honest, when that happened, <laughs> I just was watching the play, yeah. and I did not register until after what who it was, Right. and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, because it's, like, very poetic. It is. It's. I, I think I tweeted at the time, like, that is so emotionally conflicting to me, but at the same time, like, that's why you traded for Kawhi, <laughs> like... It, it sucked. Yeah, I it mean, sucked, it's like, well, but it's like outcome, it's the outcome we wanted with this game, right? Like, yeah. I think it's like DeRozan had a good game, mm-hmm. and that's what I, I mean. I would have liked if he had a greater game, but like he had a good game, and then we took we took the win. That's mm-hmm. sort of what we wanted. Mm-hmm. I maybe wanted it to be a little bit like more low key of a win than what. Yeah. 
than it, than it coming off of the fingers of Damar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then like them jamming him up, and then I don't know. Like you, and you have to like build into that, like all like Lowry looking and knowing what's going on, and like the whole game. Just like how do you how do you like play against someone you've played with for like almost your whole career, and mm-hmm. like how do you even try and like fool them? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And just like anyway, that was a. Uh, that was pretty emotional, but honestly, I don't think anyone cared. <laughs> <laughs> it was at least where I was sitting. That was like the sense. People were just like so stoked they were losing it. I mean, it's a cool ass play to win a game on, especially after Surge misses that free throw, right? And it's like, oh god, they're gonna have to try to like foul, yeah. I guess, and then try to get the ball back, and then to have that happen, like it was pretty much the ideal situation from like an entertainment standpoint late in the game. Um, it just, I'm looking at the photo now of DeMar with like the ball between his chin and his hand, Kyle poking it free, Ka- Kawhi kind of lurking in the background. I almost like that the, that the actual sort of photo of it doesn't really feature Kawhi too prominently. It's just a Kyle versus DeMar thing. Um, yeah. God though, it hurts. <laughs> I feel so bad for DeMar, man. Um, it's been rough I for think... the Spurs. They lost to the Knicks yesterday. I want him, I just want good yeah. things for him. But we also lost to the Magic, so yeah. I feel like it's par for the course. <laughs> they lost to Terrence Ross's Orlando Magic, which is not anything to be okay. ashamed of. Um, <laughs> God, <it's> so great. <laughs> I I couldn't even be mad watching that game yesterday. Like I got home or got back to my room in like the fourth quarter because I was coming back from Edmonton, and I, like Terrence Ross scores the first seven points, and I'm like like he's doing this just for me it's fantastic i love it and i couldn't even be mad that like it, the loss came at the hands of a terry outburst that's just beautiful to me he dunked it was great love it and it, it was for yeah, anyone who ever game. doubted him and for anyone who ever uh didn't appreciate the beauty and ease and grace of terrence ross's game that loss was for you people um <laughs> It was a big weekend for like Raptors guys coming back. Yeah. And having games. Yeah. So that's all right. I'll there's, take it. There's no one on the Celtics, right? I don't think so. No. 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 They're guard. No more Amir. I'm so happy Amir's not on the Celtics anymore. God, that's Me sucked. too. That sucks yeah, so he's bad. Better than that team. Yeah. And I'm, I like that he's not like a core like part of the Sixers either because like at some point I'm going to hate the Sixers but if Amir is just like a bystander on the bench I can say hey there's Amir it's nice I don't have to be mad at him Uh. (laughs) (laughs) we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with Indeed 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey and listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast Indeed.com slash podcast Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need indeed. My question for you: uh, What was the response for Jakob Pertl? I didn't see the video. I don't know if they went to commercial during his video, but there was a video, correct? Yeah, he got. He also got a montage, mm-hmm. and I, I was like pretty destroyed. Like we didn't even <laughs> talk about how much I cried during the DeRozan <laughs> montage. I don't even think I was like paying any attention to what they chose as like clips. I yeah. was just crying. Yeah. Um. And, I mean, I've been crying before, 
So <laughs> it was like par for the course. But it settled down a little bit, and then I was like, okay, now we can just like get into the game. Mm-hmm. And then the lights went down again, and I was like, what's happening? <laughs> and I was like, is it part two? Like, I was really hopeful it was part two, and then I totally forgot all about Jakob. Yeah. Um, and his was nice. His, I thought they chose to do it like, there. it was kind of funny. Like, there was, like, uh, the clip of Pascal being, like, all he does is eat. And then, like, half his <laughs> clips were just eating. <laughs> like, him eating food and, like, shrugging. And then he was watching and he was, like, smiling and he came out and did the wave. So, his was, like, obviously, they represent completely different things. Mm-hmm. But I do like that they gave him kind of, like, equal weight in the sense of, like, they could have just had, like, think or, like, welcome back, Ziak. I mean, welcome back. Yeah. you know and like not not run a montage and not done anything but i don't know i thought that was classy yeah i like that it nice... was like who's is gonna is rudy gay gonna get one <laughs> is Bellinelli gonna get one why not just toss them all in rudy gay what would his montage even include just like the tweet announcing the trade to the kings i think so <laughs> <laughs> that would be a pretty good troll yeah Marco Bellinelli, I think I traded for Jared Bayless, so less cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not so cool. Maybe no. just so, like that could have been like just their names, like to all the Raptors we've we've not well, even loved before, yeah, but like put we up barely with before, knew you. Yeah, <laughs> existed near. Uh, <laughs> you were here. <laughs> so, how much did you cry during the Demar montage? Because I was like, so I didn't like ball, but I was in public, we like welling up pretty significantly at a bar, um, next to a person who I'd met just the day before, and his friend who I'd met five minutes before, and they were looking at me like, "What the fuck is going on with this guy?" <laughs> and then, but yeah, so like, what was your like for the like? It's a minute thirty-eight or whatever. Were you crying for the duration? Yeah, yeah, I was. Um, but again, I feel like I had warmed up. I had warmed up on the <laughs> all the like random standing ovations, especially when they were hugging. Mm-hmm. And the worst was the first uh, like um, entertainment thing they had after the montage. No, it might have been right before. It was right before, not a timeout. Just like you know, when they'll do like a little break. Yep. Uh, probably for commercial. It was the little ballas came out. So I was crying for them. Too, my I just felt so like ready. I was just like ready to cry. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, again, like I'm glad that you told me he was watching because at the time that's all I was really focusing on. I was like, can he see this? Does he have clear sight lines? <laughs> Is he watching? Like, watch it tomorrow. Look audio? at this. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's when you, you watch. It's like when you watch a movie with someone who's seen the movie before, and you haven't, and they go. Hey, watch this part. What, what, come on, watch this part. Seriously, watch it. It's great. <laughs> yeah, that was me. Um, no, I cried a lot. I feel like the guy, I mean, no, I, there was like a guy who, who sat beside me who must have got tickets like that day because he just was a single seat. Mm-hmm. I think he was he was like a huge man. He was tearing up a little bit. That's good to see. Yeah, was was there like a lot of uh, was it a dusty atmosphere in there? Were there a lot of people tearing up or was it just like... I didn't look around, you know. I had yeah. to play it. <laughs> kind of safe i didn't know what my face looked like who else is crying in here yeah (laughs) uh a child did look around right at me in the eye though as soon as the lights came back on and i was like trying to recover still i think probably scarred them for life 
Uh, thoughts on the game in general? I suppose we can transition into that. Uh, one twenty was boring game. What, what, really boring game? I was well, like riveted by it, it mostly. Boring. The first yeah. half was pretty boring. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Yeah. The Raps offense wasn't offense. Offense. Ah, Raps offense was. Why can't I say offense? Raps offense. There you go. Often. Often. <laughs> what the hell? Um. Yeah. The offense wasn't particularly crisp. A thing that carried over to the Orlando game, which we don't have to talk about that much unless you want to. But uh, I guess the big thing from the Raps game was the officiating with uh, Mark Davis, everyone's favorite Raptors game official. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Nick Nurse got tossed. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> well, okay, I'm curious on your opinions of the Nick Nurse tossing. Where were you sitting, by the way? Could you see, like, a good sightline of what happened? Because it went to commercial no. and it came back and he'd been tossed. I saw, like, because it wasn't even a particularly, like, my opinion of it is, like, I don't know. I think there's a time for uh, coaches to, like, lay it on and potentially get tossed if, if that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't think this, this was the game to do that. Right. Um, I, like, I don't know. I, but, again, like, I can't say that it's, like, he escalated the situation to a point where he even deserved to be tossed. I don't think he really did. Right. I think he commented on, like, a really w- weird call that was, like, weird to begin with. I don't think he, like, flipped out or anything. But mm-hmm. whatever he said, he was he was asked to leave. I only knew that it was happening because there was a couple women, one row down and a few seats over, who were, like, screaming. <laughs> like, screaming, screaming, screaming. And everyone, no one knew it was good. It was, like, um, one of the, like, 60 Seconds of Madness iterations. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think it was, like... The Twizzlers parachute or something. <laughs> so I was like, man, they hate that. Like, they do not like this. These but are red vines, people. Damn. <laughs> yeah. So everyone was kind of looking at them a bit confused just because, like, the hostility and the way that they were screaming versus, like, the cheer and the vibe of everything else that was going on was extremely strange. But again, like, mm-hmm. it was an extremely strange atmosphere and mood throughout the game. Like, the energy was really wild mm-hmm. um, and kind of, like, going to go sideways at any minute from, like, I feel like the crowd and the players, um, but I don't. I didn't really see what happened. He just kind of like was hustled off. Yeah, I think it was after Marcus Saul gave us one of the very best reactions to a ref I've ever seen. Oh uh, yeah, that picture. He kind of had murder eyes a little bit for a sec there. I think it was his fifth foul, maybe, or maybe his fourth. Um, yeah, he looks a bit like a demon. Yeah, he was getting the yak calls in that game for sure. For uh, old time's sake. Yeah. So, nice tribute there. <laughs> there was the Kawhi going 8 of 23 and 0 of 4 from deep, which is the nice DeMar tribute. Just all over the place. They're just The past is just woven into this one. Um, yeah, I don't know. Any, like, opinions on, like, how the game transpired? or Like, I'm having a hard time really analyzing any of these games right now because it's just all so new and fresh, and it's the first game out of the All-Star break, and, like, I just think there are such obvious things that need to change, like Gasol starting, mostly. Um, yeah, absolutely, yeah. and I think like it, yeah, this game was like this game. This first game was interesting, not interesting. It was just like easier to focus on, and like became a game that wasn't just a game right out of the break. It was just like this game was for one thing really, and that was just for DeRozan to come back to Toronto, yeah, and like to see how that would unfold. So like, I do feel like the way I watched the game was much different. Um, mm. Like I wasn't really looking to see what was going on with like the rotations i wasn't see like oh how's like gasol looking like how's lynn looking like what what are we doing with this bench unit it's a mess like i was like i don't really care about that like i'm focused on this one guy and 
everything that's going to happen around him. I was also uh, focused a lot on when Siakam and Pirtle were guarding each other because that was fun. Yeah. Just looking for those little nice. moments. Yeah. I mean, I don't like. I I'll say like I got some new enemies on the Spurs, which I had not really like thought about before. Oh man, Davis Bertans. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Like, already a guy who was on my radar just because I was like, you look so weird, and like <laughs> was kind of like, who is this? But then a guy who, I don't know if he's like this all the time, or if this is like another Raptors guy who, like, they come and then they have, like, the game of their lives. Mm-hmm. And they always can, like, shut, shut down the Raptors for some reason. Like a Doug McDermott type. Yeah. Also didn't care for the fact that Bertans wears 42, which is Yak's number. Yeah. It didn't really uh, sit so well with me. Like, he should have given that up to Yak, I think, when Yak came. Would have been the right thing Didn't to do. Like Bryn Forbes too much. No, I. He was the one who got tangled up with Lowry. Right. Right. Um, and then something almost happened. It looked like. I, I, this game is a blur, man. There <laughs> <Like>, was <laughs> just a lot of emotion happening. It's true. It's like when it's so emotional, you're like, I don't even really remember what yeah. happened. I'm sorry. I guess they it's ran like a pick a and roll at like some point. Funeral. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they ran plays. I don't remember them at all. I remember the buckets and not even many of those. Um, I remember Patty Mills looking fast as hell. It was mm-hmm. kind of a Patty Mills revenge game, I feel like. Revenge against <laughs> Which, who? Oh, he just had some whack call, and then, like, all oh. of a sudden after that, he was just like, oh, yeah? <laughs> uh, and then like Bellinelli just like loves to travel mm-hmm. um, other than that yeah I don't know I'm just like cool these guys they were like 12 of 22 from 3 in the first half the Raptors were and then 2 of 8 in the second half and it was still their better offensive half I don't, I don't know bizarre bizarre game that I can't really put a handle on although I will say Pascal Siakam holy god he's so good and it's just like normal now that he's going to put up 22 with six assists and a couple steals and go seven of 10 and hit two of his two threes and oh he's good he's real good no he's he's great and i think like it is a weird thing of like uh normalizing it yeah yeah it's it's bizarre that like that's just kind of what i expect from him now the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Um, We can quickly pivot to the Magic game if you want to talk about that quickly, because that game really uh do i i'm not sure i want to either but like it really ignited emo raps twitter in a way that very few losses have this season i had to talk about this game on the radio and i was like what do you say (laughs) (laughs) like i can break it down like analytically i'm sure but it's like it's a it's a sunday matinee game Mm -hmm. against the magic at the end of february yeah what what do you think it's gonna look like? Yeah. Though I didn't think it was gonna look like that. Yeah, that I thought it'd be less of. A, they've been bad against the Magic all season long at this point. Like they had the narrow. But everybody's been bad against the Magic. That's true. They they're kind of sneaky. They're kind of good. They smoked the Bucks. They like 
I think they beat Boston. They beat the... I was, like, surprised because I was looking at this. I was like, is this an anomaly? And they're beating them all by the same way that they beat the Raptors. Mm-hmm. They look good. Like, like they, Steve Clifford yeah, is a good coach, I think. And they, like, look organized defensively and stuff. And also, here, here's the thing. The Raptors had won seven in a row. First of all, the most bizarre seven-game winning streak I can ever remember. Like, it began with, like, a Greg Monroe nine-and-seven game against the Clippers. And there was a, the Sixers went in there and an all-star break and a trade and a bunch of, like, a third of the roster getting turned over. And none of the wins were really all that inspiring, except for maybe that Sixers one. I guess the Clippers one was good, too. Uh, Kawhi missed a bunch of the games. There was that Hawks game where Siakam had his career high, like... Very, very strange game, or strange winning streak, and then it ends, and, like, everyone acts like they've lost, like, ten in a row. I don't know. It's, yes, they haven't played amazingly well in a lot of these games, and there are some obvious issues, and for me, number one is, like, stop playing all the bad players together and, like, have good players on the court there, Nick. Um, Like, he ran that lineup with, like, Lynn, Ibaka, McCaw, Powell, and Meeks. It's like, what do you expect is going to happen with that lineup, dude? And it didn't even give them a shot to make it close in the fourth quarter. Um, and so that's a, c- a concern of mine for sure. I like that Gasol started and he had a nice game, 16-5-5. and five. I thought he looked nice. But, like, figure it out, Nurse, with the rotations. Like, you have a lot of good players. You have no need to not have any of them on the court at the same time, even with Kawhi out. Like, have Kyle or Gasol or Siakam or Danny goddamn Green on the court. Just, just one of them. Like, they all make it better. When they're out there. And so that was yeah. a problem for me. And I'm, like, increasingly concerned with Nurse's inability to kind of just find stuff that works and stick with it. Um, but Yeah, um, I mean, it's exactly. I think we've talked about this before. Like, at some point when you're experimenting, the whole point is to, like, land on something that... <laughs> yeah. It's to land on purpose. gravity as a theory. <laughs> yeah. 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 The the lineup I liked the best yesterday, though they only played for like a minute, and I didn't. You know when you don't like look at the clock, you're like, oh, this could work. Yeah. <laughs> it was when they went. He went super small, and Boucher got to play, mm-hmm. and it at least looked like energy wise on par with Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was like, oh, there's 50 seconds left. Like, <laughs> this, can't, this can't salvage the whole game, unfortunately. Boucher was a plus um, five. The, the, yeah. The very great very game. good showing. Um. Uh, and Jody Meeks had a game. He did. He had a half, at least. <laughs> he he came out in this way. He kind of reminded me a little bit of Fred when it's just when Fred didn't know if he was going to get signed again, mm-hmm. uh, which similarly maybe Jody's wondering. <laughs> but when you're just like, I'm going to just throw my body around, mm-hmm. give it my all, do whatever it takes. But like that's what all the magic we're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's only what Jody Meeks was doing. Um, I don't know. I saw that some people were like mad that Kawhi sat, which I think is dumb. Yeah. Because like we don't need to rehash the same like, like outrage every time he sits. Well, it's also like not a match where you think you would need him. Yeah. Like you shouldn't need him. No, for you that. should not. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm with you there. But, but it does worry me a little bit when it's like, well, he'll be back, and then that's the fix. It's like, eh, but what if? You know, like, yeah. that can't just be the fix. Like, Yeah, I mean, I think because of how cautious they've been with him, it is going to eventually lead to him. Like, this is all a build-up to him playing a lot down the stretch, hopefully, and then he's going to play all the playoff games. Like, we're not going to see a DNP load management in the playoffs, obviously. So, like, I'm not 
concerned about that. And I do think like Kawhi in the lineup fix a lot fixes a lot of the problems. But you know, you gotta have him in there to like see if the problems can be massaged with like Gasol starting, for example. Like I think Gasol starting with a Kawhi starting five will fix a lot of problems, but like we have to see it first to actually like learn if it's going to. So if there is a drawback to Kawhi sitting, it's just like the lack of time left on the schedule and the lack of time to sort of get everything kind of flowing in motion. But I still don't like, it seems like every time he sits now, everyone starts throwing their hands up and be like, well, when's he ever going to play? It's like, he's played a lot. Like he's good when he plays. Like he just won a game with the steal at the end of the game on Friday. It's not like he's like, just like rolling around and not doing anything when he does play. He's playing very well. So. Yeah. I mean, I would have I mean, we were just saying, I would actually like to have seen Ibaka starting rather than Gasol on Guzovic. You, you, you want to see Ibaka starting for, like, in every game type thing? No, just on that, just for that Magic game. Because the way Gasol doesn't really play yet mm-hmm. with, like, a particular finesse. <laughs> no. You know, he, he looked, like, really lumbering in the, in the game yesterday. I'm not saying that he is. It's just I think like when in that matchup, it wasn't really like to his benefit. Yeah, I mean, I guess Vucevic is so hard, right? He's killed the Raptors all year. I don't really know. I think Joel Wolfwam was talking about this yesterday, like the Magic being like a scary matchup because they have no answer for Vucevic. And my response to that is like, if you're scared of the Magic, then like the team has way bigger problems. I'm not particularly scared of the Magic in a playoff series, but... I understand why Vucevic is hard. Um, and that's one of those ones where, like, I don't even know what you do. Like, I don't know if Ibaka can hang with him particularly. Like, it's kind of tough. No, but He's he, really he good. He can at least get a bit, like, finessey. We've yeah. seen him do it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe Gasol can. Maybe we just haven't seen it yet. I mean, I'm not, like, scared of the magic, but I am, I do think that, like, that kind of wild bottom of the eight, like, energy, whoever it's going to be, Mm-hmm. is a little bit worrisome in a playoff situation. I just can't get there. They're all so bad. Even the Magic, like, they're good, but they're bad. <laughs> like, DJ Augustine starts for them. Speak of, like, Raptors returning over the weekend. <laughs> I just, like, I can't get scared of that team. As good as, like... Jonathan Isaac looks, and as good as, like, Evan Fournier can be, and, like, as amazing as Terrence Ross always is, I just, I can't get there in terms of just, like, having any fear of any of those teams at the bottom, whether it's the Magic or the Hornets or the Pistons. Like, they're all dog shit, mostly. (laughs) You know what's ironic? I feel like this is probably the way people talked about their rap chairs a few years ago when they are like, this team of nobodies, who are they? I don't care. I'm not scared of them. That's, and that's then they fair. come in with the wild playoff energy. Don't talk about what happened. But like, <laughs> you know, the first few series. Yeah. They look crazy. That net series, they did look crazy. That's for sure. I miss that net series. It was so simple back then. No expectations. Yeah, it was. I kind of miss <laughs> like I, the the thing that's made me think about the 13-14 Raptors a lot this year is the Kings. Because Kings fans just seem so thrilled with this surprisingly good team. They're young. They're exciting. They're kind of coming into their own. Like, De'Aaron Fox is, like, a faster Kyle Lowry type guy who just, like, makes everything better when he's on the court. They they are, like, being in the position that Kings fans are in. Like, yes, the Kings aren't going to win a title this year. 
But that might be, like, the best state of fan to be in. Like, unexpected, good run of a team that's giving oh, you, like, buddies. meaningful fun my basketball. Favorite. Yeah. One of my absolute favorites. We gotta get Buddy. Buddy rules. He's so cool and so good. Like He's so cool, good, fast, nice. Yeah. Their whole team Buddy's is cool. Buddy's the whole package. Bogdan's really cool. I like Marvin Bagley a lot. Like, yeah, they're, they're like a younger, more like lottery-built version of the 13-14 Raptors. I really hope they make the playoffs. I really hope the Lakers miss on account of the Kings. It would be beautiful to me. I don't know if I believe it'll happen, but <laughs> as someone who's like now covering and like watching. The Kings and, over the Clippers, you think? Yeah, I think so. They don't have Boban anymore. They're not fun anymore. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Also, if the Clippers miss the playoffs, then more likely that Kawhi will say no to the Clippers. I don't know if that maybe I don't know who knows. <laughs> In my head, that's that's the case. But throw it on the pile of yeah. reasons that he's staying, right? Yeah, there's so many reasons he's staying. Great weather. Uh, very good coach who definitely doesn't have a lot of flaws. <laughs> got a lot of friends good bench <laughs> yeah a lot of people he hangs out with yep hey he <laughs> likes the look of snow that's been my thing i've held on to all season long whenever he talks about snow he's like it's pretty to look at it's like it is pretty to look at Kawhi. i'm glad you've noticed Although, but you've been out of the city the city looks like shit right now oh does it really yeah it's just like a thick layer of very slippery ice on everything Ooh. And it was 100 kilometer per hour winds yesterday. I heard. That sounds gross. So. It was minus 35 this morning in Red Deer, so. But Kawhi's not trying to stay in Red Deer. I know that. I'm just, yeah. I don't know why, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, that that weather sounds good to me right now is what I'm saying. Okay. Because Fair. I'm looking at my hotel room at a barren hellscape. Apologies to any Red Deer listeners. It's great. You've been very hospitable. I got some good Indian food on Skip the Dishes last night. It was nice. <laughs> uh, all right. I think we can wrap the podcast there. We've moved into weather talk. So uh, it seems like a bit. It's relevant. <laughs> it's always relevant when you're talking about Kawhi Leonard and the future of the Raptors. Weather is inextricably I, tied to the future I fortunes like of the Raptors. there's more to say about the DeRozan game, but I don't know if it's just like fatigue of everyone that said everything now yeah. since it happened yeah you know um, i i think it feels like demar is maybe kind of moving into the next phase of the grief right like he seemed like he was very much like lashing out against the raptors and in particular Masai for a long time and now it feels like i mean he said it himself like he kind of got some closure and i think he seems like he's kind of moving on a little bit and I think what we saw at the end of the game kind of says, like, yeah, this was still the right deal to move, right deal to make for the Raptors from, like, a basketball perspective. Like, if there was still anyone questioning that, like, what Kawhi did in that game is why you trade for Kawhi. And I think, so maybe there's closure on both sides, like the people who are apprehensive about it from the Toronto perspective, like, is it really worth one year of this Kawhi thing? And I think we saw, like, yeah, it probably is because that dude can kind of change the way you finish a game and like the Raptors I think right now are like 
the best team in the league record-wise in close games, whether it's like three or five points in the last five minutes. Like, they've been really good in clutch situations, and I think a lot of that is very much uh, attributable to Kawhi. So, I don't know. I, I found it was a pretty good game for closure. In a way that the game where DeRozan just, like, destroyed the Raps and the Raps, like, were gar- garbage in San Antonio was not. Um, so, I don't know. Do you agree at all? Yeah, I think there's something to be said for just, like, letting it be mm-hmm. from now on. Just, like, we saw it. We had the – he had his revenge game. He came back. We had a good game because it's not really, like, a revenge game for the Raptors. You're just, no. like, defending yourselves. Yeah. And – yeah, I mean, to your point, though a little bit brutal, but true, um, it's, <laughs> it was like a, a good summary of like why why the team made that trade. But I think now, I think there's just something to be said for like, there's a sense of urgency in like, he's got to get over it, he's got to move on. But like, why does it matter? Yeah. It shouldn't matter to you if it like affects you in a way like, viscerally you're having a reaction to it i feel like that says more about you Mm -hmm. than it does about DeRozan. so i think now it's like a nice it's like entering into a new phase the next phase we can just like leave it alone and like let it be what it is yeah and just be happy for both sides because it seems like as much as a deal can work out for both sides it seems like this one kind of has um also, I'm looking forward now. The next phase is me looking forward to DeMar's old man contract when he's like 35 and comes back to play for the Raps on a minimum just to just to be the Sage veteran. Maybe with old Kyle. <laughs> Get the whole old team back together. I really, all I want is after Kyle's contract's up next year for him to sign like a five-year, $25 million deal just to be the Andre Miller that shepherds us into the next era. Like, he can be the backup point guard. And DeMar can join him at some point. If you want to bring in old Lannis Klaza to be an assistant coach, I won't I won't fight you. <laughs> but like Get J V back, get yeah, Amir back. Yeah. Amir like Call actually back. could be a coach, I think. I know. I agree. That would be fun. We'll uh we'll re- we'll address that on a future podcast, I'm sure. Katie, this was fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me. Um My yeah. pleasure. Thanks Any- for having me. Of course. Anything you want to plug? Um, just sign up for Basketball Feelings. Yes. Uh, last week was very heavy media for me. This week's much more chill. So, yeah, Basketball Feelings, sign up if you're not signed up. And keep an eye out, because Katie's on the radio sometimes now, which uh, is great and is uh, long overdue. So listen to Katie on the radio when it is opportune to do so you can find this podcast on itunes stitcher spotify google play all the places you get your podcast please subscribe rate and review not sure i'm going to talk with vivek uh, see if he's going to be at the game tomorrow against the celtics if he is we'll get him to do a podcast from there if not i will do some sort of reaction podcast tomorrow night also coming up tuesday morning myself and john corrales of locked on celtics are going to tee up the game against boston on tuesday I think they play Boston on Tuesday. It's either Tuesday or Wednesday. I think it's Tuesday. But uh, that's going to come up tomorrow morning, so stay tuned for that as well. And uh, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will talk to you next time on Locked on Raptors. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 